I mean, the thing is, it just started to feel really natural. It's like the role that you were always born to play. It was. It yeah, was. And it's and it's coming to fruition. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a whole new wardrobe, though. That's the thing I'm going to have to figure out. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. We've got Rick Emerson, who's going to be joining us here shortly. But before that, uh, let's just say this. Thank you to everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on the Audible link. It's right there at the top of the page. You can sign up and get a free audiobook. We do appreciate everybody who's able to do that because it does help support the show and we goes a long ways. So it thank you to does. everyone who does that. Anyone who goes to our website and clicks on our spot, find sponsor links. We are grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you. You truly do make a difference. So uh, one of the things, I, uh, Rick's going to join us here in just a minute, but it's one of those things where over the last weekend, I think I came to the full realization of what what was happening. I didn't really understand it before. So in case you're a long time listener, you know, I was looking for a Jeep forever and I did get a Jeep and this isn't going to be all about the Jeep, but it's about like now that it's become nice weather and it was really nice here over the weekend. I know for most of the country it wasn't. I, um, uh, so we, we had to take advantage of it, but I, I went out for a drive, Sarah, with like the top off and all that stuff. Oh, I mean, wait, wait, with your totally top douchey. off or with the Jeep top off? Not my top off completely, but wait, com- were you wearing a crop top? No, I did not. I will not. You will never see me in a crop top. I could kind of almost see you in a crop top. You would never see me in a crop top. I don't know why. I kind of th- feel like maybe like some, um, like some one of your courage outfits had a crop top. or Maybe something. a year of doing crunches, then you could see me in a crop top. I That's feel not like I've happen. like some for some reason my eyeballs have at some point seen you in a crop top. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to say that it's never happened on okay. a courage show. That's entirely possible. No, I'm I've become. I think I'm becoming tank top guy. Oh, no. I think it's going to be a tank top summer for me. Like, what kind of tank? Uh, there are so many different levels of tank top Oh, that's guys. the thing. I don't know yet. Is it like because stringy I've... spaghetti sca- straps tank top What makes guy? you think that I'm wearing crop tops and stringy spaghetti straps? Because you can't just... Like, like what? A how... tank top is not just like... Uh, like be all end all like it's there are many different levels of tank toppiness well no there's there's also a lot of a lot more tank tops I would go to other than crop top and stringy spaghetti string well, I don't know like, do you like like, like the, that's not what I'm like the 80s surfer ones where they're like super oversized? what about me says that I'm gonna wear a uh, spaghetti well maybe all right so the thing is what about you doesn't I mean I don't know yeah that's okay uh no not those, uh, different kinds of tank tops. And I do have them here, but the thing is I'm, I'm new to this because I used to wear them a lot, but now I, I, I don't. So I think it might be even a sleeveless shirt. I may just go straight with that. It felt really natural. Like it felt like going back to country roots, like cut the sleeves off. That kind of reminds boom, me of like your you old like meth walk video where you had the sleeveless shirt. Oh yeah. I still have that shirt. That's yeah. one of my courage shirts. Yeah. It's Cause it's got a Cobra on it. Of course. It I does. think that's, I think I'm going towards that, uh, Towards that route. So what are you going to do exactly? Like, is this something that you're going to go out and, like, procure these shirts with the sleeves already removed? Or are you going to remove the sleeves yourself from shirts you already have? It's going to be a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I'm going to remove the the sleeves from certain shirts that I have. And then I may actually, you know, start start buying some tank tops. Get a tank top collection going. And then that's just going to be who I am. tank tops or, like, t-shirt neck tech? Tank tops. You have so many questions about tank tops. Well, because you keep like blurting out this statement saying that it's going to be like. Well, tank I guess top I didn't summer. realize there's so many different options. Yes. Um, probably more. I, I don't know if I need the scoop neck. I don't think that's going to be a, the look for me. I'm going to probably avoid the scoop. You don't neck. want like a dip in the front. If I had the dip in the front, then I'm, what I need to get is like a gold chain. I feel like in order to make that really work for me, and I'm not quite. That's there yet. what you think would make it work for you. I think that's what would work for me, and I don't think I'm quite there yet uh, for the for the scoop neck. 
I'm, oh, Jacob says, I'm oh, Jacob's hairy. back. He doesn't hate us. Well, maybe he still does. Okay, this is in the live chat yeah. for employmentradio.com slash live if you're a member of the supporters club. Six ninety nine um, a month. The first week is free. That is also a great way to support us. Also, somebody posted a crop top, scoop neck, mesh tank top in the chat. And Greg, I believe that you must make this yours. For your Jeep riding adventures. I don't think that's the kind of, I, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sure for certain, for some people that's a great way, but I don't think that's the way that I'm going yet. I'm not there yet. Right now, um, oh, okay. Oh, yep. Canada yeah, carries an OP pink tank. I can totally OP see that. You need a Stussy tank top. Oh, man. That would have been so I used to have so a, a couple of Stussy shirts. I only had um, fake Stussy shirts. We, we got the knockoffs in Mexico because my mom would never let us, she wouldn't pay like $40 for a t-shirt. Uh, they weren't all forty dollars. They were super expensive. Stussy shirts. Yes, that's why I got like the knockoffs. In it, it would be like Stussy, but only like with one dot or something over the U's, and so I'd try to pretend like they were real. They weren't. And kids are cruel. Um. So there's the Stussy. Yeah. Op. Ocean Pacific. That would be another one. That would be. Uh, that would be a good one to bring back. I mean, I'm just TNC. Do you ever? T- do you ever? Do you remember TNC? I don't even know what that is. TNC was a. Brand. I don't know if that was just like an Oregon thing or whether it was, you know, just a couple of years before you would have known it. But I, I don't think because it was around the same time as like OP and all those other brands. OP and Stussy. Um, yeah, TNC. Quicksilver. TNC shirt design. I just rubbed that. Quicksilver. Quicksilver is totally coming back. <gasps> yeah. No fear. I was never a no fear person. I oh, no. I had one no fear T-shirt that I wore all the time. No fear was a quick step to uh, Big Johnson. I feel like that is absolutely a separate, I, separate entity. I feel like it was. Uh, I feel like it was just a little bit towards that route. The Big Johnson shirts, those were crass, and No Fear was more like. What was No Fear then? It was more badass, like second place is first loser. No Fear. Yeah, no, I remember. They were just. You know what No Fear was? No Fear was mean. Where like Big Johnson was just trash. <laughs> you have some very specific feelings about this. I didn't realize this. Was... I mean, it was my formative years. You know, once you like, you know, when you're at that particular like spongy brain age, when something kind of sticks in your head like that, like that's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, no fear. Are they still around? Does no, do no fear shirts still happen? I'm sure that there are. You are? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. I don't think I'm ready to go to no fear or the big Johnson shirts. I do have a friend who had several big Johnson shirts. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. No, don't don't say the name. Don't say the name. Don't say the name. Don't say the name. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god, he totally had Big Johnson shirts, and that's something I would say to his face. He just seems like yes, but I'm not calling him out on the show. I Um, love Danny. Maybe a good friend of mine too, Sarah. And I'm sure it it was specifically Danny that had a big collection of Big Johnson t-shirts. I'm not saying it was or wasn't. Um, There is a possibility. That their name started with D A and ended with N. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there was there was that. I don't think I'm ready to go that far though. I want to find somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle between mesh, uh, spaghetti string cut off crop top tank top and Big Johnson. You just kind of want to wear a bunch of t shirts with the sleeves ripped off, don't you? That's kind of what I want to do. That's what I do. That's my most comfortable tank top move as well because I have a lot of t shirts that I that I like, but like. But I don't really like wearing regular style tank. Like I, yeah. I have oversized tank tops from a lot of breweries and stuff that we've worked with that I wear during the summer. Yeah, like over other things. But um, as for my go-to tank top, I too enjoy a nice, like more of a t-shirt neckline with a with a cut-off sleeve look. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's my look, though, you can't have that look. 
Greg, you do not own cut-off sleeves. Though. I mean, but if that's going to be my deal, I'm not going with like the cut-off jeans or anything like that. I'm not well, going see, that I am, so that's fine. So we won't be wearing the same uh, outfits. I'm going to end up growing a mustache, aren't I? All you right, sure well, we'll are. have to figure it out. We'll have to figure all this out. We do need to uh, get our guests, though, here on uh, on the line, and I'm going to go ahead and get this pulled up. So for everybody who's listening to the audio, it's going to be like that, and then who will be joining us. <laughs> Greg for always those... describes this every week, like, and then it's going to be... Magic. We need to dub in some sound effects. I honestly feel like, and also, I'm really disappointed that during this quarantine, you haven't learned more magic. I haven't had time to learn magic. Like, I feel like that's something you could really specialize in. I mean, and have like a what, couple, be a magician. No, just have a couple tricks here and there. I did want to be a magician when I was a kid. Of course, I just. I mean, I assume that's something that everybody wanted to do. I kind of, I had like a little magic trick. I, I wanted yeah. to be one too. I knew some magic tricks. I knew a. Actually, I know a couple card tricks. I knew a sweet card trick. Oh yeah, like how sweet? I can't remember. We're like, I would, yeah, we're, I could magically like make the card appear at the bottom of a deck. I can't remember how to do it though. Oh, I knew, a, I know a card trick where I can guess whatever card you have. Can you do it now? Uh, it takes me a few minutes because I get there's a whole process to it. But I, I will figure out your oh, card. I think that we should do that. Okay. Just audio only, so people can't tell. It takes like about five minutes. It's like a five-minute trick. It takes a few takes a few minutes. All right, we'll have to do that. All right, fine. I can do it. I'll guess whatever your card is. All right, anyway, um, let's find out if Rick ever wanted to be a mag- magician. So uh, for those I of you... I feel like... I don't... You know what? No. Mm. We'll find out here. Let's we'll go have ahead to find out. All, All right, right. Let's ask him. Uh, let's get Rick on the show right now. now. And welcoming to the show now, <laughs> Mr. Rick Emerson. Rick, oh, okay, I will say this. Right before we had you on, we were having a discussion about... Who, uh, as a kid, wanted to be a magician? I definitely wanted to be. And I kind of wanted to be. Did you want to be a magician at all? Obviously, yes, of course. (laughs) Wait, Sarah wanted to be a magician? That's kind of... I was surprised by that, too. Yeah, I know. I I knew, like, a couple. I had, like, a, you know, cup and ball trick, and I I knew some card tricks that I really, really was proud of. But, um, yeah, but I I guess I didn't want to do, like, the whole Joe Bluth, like, you know, performance (laughs) kind of thing, but I definitely wanted to be able to, like have people wowed by the things I could do. I totally did. Uh, I totally did like a magic show, like a magic presentation at the school talent show when I was in like second grade. Um, I, I can't, I can't swear to this, but it's possible that I had like a, like a fake mustache drawn on as well. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that part <laughs> up in my head, Oh my God. but I totally like, I totally had like, I don't even know what I wore. I was like trying to approximate a tuxedo, but I was in second grade. So <laughs> oh my god, Rick! I I am not kidding. When I was in like second or third grade, uh, we got to dress up as like I can't remember. It was something to do with art, like one of our favorite artists or like entertainer or something. And I totally dressed up as Pablo Picasso, and I drew a I drew a fake mustache on my face, like a, the curly mustache. How old were you? Probably like third or fourth grade. That's pretty advanced to know Pablo Picasso. Yeah, well, I, like I, I mean, grade. it was just like a whole bunch of dumpy, you know, clothes from our like dress up trunk that we had, but it had like a beret. But even just to know who he was, yeah, I liked art. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's crazy and also impressive that yeah. you were like, I'm gonna dress as like a. I mean, what was he? I don't know anything about art. Was he the cubist guy or something? He, he was. He had like he's the one with the blue period. And he did a bunch See, of, I don't even, yeah. I, I know nothing. I don't know anything. I feel like such a rube whenever the subject of art comes up. I don't know. I know fuck all about art. So <laughs> the fact that, but like, at, like at the age of whatever, 10, you had 20 times as much knowledge as I have now is sort of awesome. Oh, know? God, so. no, I was just trying to identify because I, I too drew a fake mustache on. <laughs> so that was my correlation. But thank you. That was very nice to say. 
trying to think if I ever drew a fake mustache on for or what I would have done it for. The only thing I can think of is probably for chips. You've done it in your adult life. Too. Oh, well, yeah. I've definitely done yeah. it as an adult. Yeah, that's true. Actually, for I've done chips. it quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, chips, because I, uh, I was a big Paunch fan. Okay, I, like the show Chips. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, the show Chips, because that was like my ideal. Other than being a magician, it was probably that. Was I wanted to be a California Highway Patrol uh, police, a motorcycle officer. That was it. That was it. All right, that's Those are wildly disparate career goals. <laughs> Very, I was, yeah. <laughs> I changed a lot on what I wanted to do. Far yeah. opposite. Yep. Astronaut was thrown in there, too. Yeah, there's all, it was all you over You still the want to be an astronaut. Well, you still want to go to space. Well, I do, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would definitely go. Rick, would you go to space if you had the choice? Uh, I don't know. Probably See, not. I mean, I, Me, too. I probably wouldn't as well. <laughs> I, I like to think that I would, but I mean, if somebody was like, and you know, here, you know, here's the spaceship, here's the, here's the stepladder, get on board or whatever. Like, I think I'd be like, uh, no. And I would just run away. I think I would totally cower at the last moment and not be able to not be able to do it. I mean, cause it's like occasionally, I don't know if I'm, I mean, I can't be the only one who does this. Clearly I'm not. Um, but it's like that, like sometimes I will think about like at random moments, I'll think about astronauts of the past, you know, like, like Neil Armstrong or whoever. I mean, that's impressive and also fucking crazy that they were just, you know, getting in a tin can built by some dudes who'd never done it before, had no idea. Like, you can see why people think it was a conspiracy to fake the moon landing. Because if you try to imagine that people would, A, imagine it and then do it, and then also some other guys will be like, and I'll get in that ship. Sure, shoot me into <laughs> space. Put me on top yeah. of a giant explosive. It, like, it makes no sense. Like, it's almost impossible to believe that it really happened and that people, many, many, many people did it and came back fine. It kind of seems like it can't have happened. Yeah. Wait. Now, Sarah, are you going to talk about your moon conspiracy theories? Well, that you... I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm not saying it did. Oh, I mean, the best... I will say this, strangely enough, the most compelling argument for it being a conspiracy, which, for the record, I don't really believe... But the most compelling argument for being a conspiracy came from a, a, a Dilbert strip one day where <laughs> where he like the character of Dogbert like summarized it. He perfectly boiled it down. He just said, realize that all the evidence you have, you know, for, for you know, the moon landing being real depends upon the truth and honesty of government employees. And I was like, well, OK, that's a uh, Dilbert. You know, all right, Dogbert. Yeah, yeah. Dogbert. Dogbert <laughs> speaks the truth. Whoa. I mean, and that may or that statement itself may or may not be true. But at the time I was like, fuck, that's totally right. Like when he was just like, you're basically just relying on the White House, not lying to you. I was like, well, OK, so now I'm, you know, like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that I mean, you know, if it eventually came out that, yeah, I, I. No, well, this is I feel like we're going to go down some weird Alex Jones, you know, hole here. So we should probably I'll pull back. But um, anyway, yeah, Greg, looks, Greg seemed a little curious. No, 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 no. OK, not not an Alex Jones hole. No, okay. no it's no. just I mean, it's just that like I mean, the here's the, the I mean, I can understand and I know this sounds condescending, so I don't mean for it to. I get just in case you're curious, by the way, Willard is trying to fluff up the carpet before taking a nap because dogs are dogs are smart and dumb at the same time. <laughs> oh, Willard. Um, uh, but I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can see how conspiracy theories happen. I think we've talked about this before because right. it's the because the government has done all kinds of insane, shady, like duplicitous kind of insane, far fetched, mind boggling stuff that doesn't seem like it could be real and is real. 
but the thing is, you can't just say that because this one thing happened, therefore all, you know, therefore, it, you know, the government is responsible for every weird thing that we think, you know, you know, is, is you know, the, every conspiracy is true. Although it is true that, like, the government tried to develop exploding cigars to kill Fidel Castro. That's kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. or the fact that the government, I mean, I think Todd just did a whole thing about MK Ultra, which is like, uh -huh. I mean, I mean, the fact that the government set up. I know way too much about this stuff for somebody who doesn't, you know, really like trafficking conspiracy theories. But I mean, the, the fact that the CIA actually set up at one point brothels, the CIA started their own brothels in New York and with like one way mirrors or whatever that's called, the one way glass. Uh, and their whole thing was just to like hire prostitutes. And the deal was like, hey, so we're going to give you 50 bucks a night. Uh, and also you'll get to keep hooking without being arrested. And in exchange, when the John turns his back, we want you to dose him with LSD so we can watch and probably jack off behind this one way glass. <laughs> I mean, and and by the way, and that it was called Operation Midnight Climax. And wow. Ew, and this, really? And this is oh, wow. real. That's the thing. And this is and like that happened. Like some guy sat in a room. It's like the have you read the um, the John Ronson book, uh, Men Who Stare at Goats? I've seen the movie, but I haven't actually read yeah. the book. So it's yeah, it's based on the book, but it, I mean that really happened where the government, you know, uh, you know, to I mean, you know, it, it didn't succeed obviously, but the government actually like recruited people to see if they could use like mind bullets or whatever to just kill people from afar by thinking about it hard enough. I mean, like taxpayer dollars Whoa. went to that, and so you can see why it's just a short leap to go like therefore it's conceivable that insert crazy conspiracy here. So you know. right. Wow. Yeah, have you ever seen that? No. No. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty fucking crazy though. Yeah. If you ever if you ever want to have your uh your your noodle baked as they say, um it kind of got lost in, you know, just a whole bunch of other other stuff that happened last year, but this uh a guy named Tom O'Neill put out a book called Chaos last year. Okay. Uh which is the story of of the book is is actually as fascinating as the book itself. It's called Chaos. Uh, the subtitle is, I believe, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s. Um, it is, I, I mean, see, and he, by the way, he says this repeatedly throughout the book. He repeatedly, like, interrupts his own narrative to say, like, I realize that there's no way to say this without sounding like a crazy conspiracy theorist, so just bear with me. But it's a, it, he, the story of this book is essentially that in 1999, Premier Magazine, which it, existed at the time premier magazine hired him to do like a 30th anniversary piece about the manson murders because you know it's frightened hollywood and it changed los angeles and whatever so this is in 1999 and they're like hey can you just do like a 2000 word piece on the charles manson killings and he's like uh yeah sure i don't really know anything about it i've actually never read helter skelter but whatever fine that that's the assignment that's the assignment so that's in 1999 now 2009 comes Book still isn't done. Article still isn't done because every time he thought thought he found like the hook for the article, it turns out that something in Helter Skelter or something in the you know in like the, the like the the trial or the definitive narrative was not true or was not supported. Then, uh, then Premier Magazine actually goes out of business. Then he gets a book contract. Then he takes so long writing this book, the uh, the book company the publisher drops him. Then he gets a second book contract. Then that falls apart, and he actually gets sued. The upshot is that it takes him, uh, let's see, so my math is totally failing me here, so 1969. So it actually takes him 30 years. Wait, from 1969 to last year is how long? 
I'm sorry, I've been awake for quite a long oh, God, time. God, I don't know, like it's 50. 50 years? Yeah, it's 50. No, this is like a connected at the hair thing. Everybody's yelling at <laughs> this right now. <laughs> if somebody doesn't get that, we just don't, let's not even address 50s. like what that is. Okay, so, it's, yeah. so, it's from, so he gets the assignment in 99, so it's 2009, so it's 20 years. So anyway, the point is it takes him this thing that was supposed to be a two-month magazine assignment. It ends up taking him 20 years to write this, it, what begins as a magazine assignment ends as this book that came out last year called Chaos. And it is one of the most mind-baking things I've ever read because Ooh. it, and there's no way to use some of these phrases, like the phrase, the official story, now just sounds like you're a crazy conspiracy person. Oh, totally. But, uh, but the upshot of the book is that like large sections of, the book Helter Skelter and indeed of the trial narrative, you know, the, the narrative that the prosecutor Vincent Bugliosi had at trial, large sections of that totally made up. To really? And, and by the way, and he proved this with documents from the DA's own files and from the LAPD's own files that he shows in the book. He's like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. It is, I mean, there's whole sections of the sort of story of Helter Skelter that we all grew up knowing about and reading that are apparently are and always were total bullshit and had anybody ever and the only reason nobody knew is because everybody just believed it and nobody ever thought to check on any of it nobody ever like said like hey show me that warrant or like hey show me this confession turns out whole big swathes of it are totally just made up oh wow i can tell you by the way i can see that greg is playing on his phone right now which means i believe he went to funemploymentradio.com and clicked on that audible link and perhaps downloaded chaos 100 percent. okay yep <laughs> it is i mean it's a it's a fascinating book. It's a little bit of a maddening book. I mean, I'll tell you that right at the outset because it's because you can totally feel yourself. And he, you know, the best, the smartest thing he ever did was to, you know, there's two tracks in the book. The first is him telling like the Charles Manson story we all know, and then the second is him, you know, sort of talking about like the reality of it and how much of it is made up. And the third part, I guess, is him just talking about like as as the years go by, how he just begins to sound crazier and crazier even to himself like he totally just loses track of time like all of his friends drift away he goes half a million dollars in debt writing this book i mean they're making actually an amazon amazon is making a series of it right now where they're going to be was, the series will actually be about him attempting to tell this story and how it just swallowed 20 years of his life it's i was gonna say it sounds ready made for a series yeah, it's I mean, it is really it is just uh, it is just a mind boggling book. Um, there's a uh, well, anyway, I won't spoil it, but it's just it, it's quite something. It's called Chaos and the author's name is Tom O'Neill. I seriously just downloaded it while you were talking about yeah. it. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was watching. I, I had a credit it. left on yes. Audible. I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to be listening to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you watch uh, Rick? Did you go to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. I what, did, indeed. did you like it? I did. I, I was did really. Well, I, and I deliberately went in kind of trying not to know anything about it. Um, and it, you know, so I had, uh, I had lunch with our, our friend, uh, Peter Carlin, uh, actually not too long after oh, I, uh, Peter. and he'd actually just seen as well. I was like, just see once upon a time in Hollywood. And he, and he was like eating a sandwich and he was like, Oh my God, it was so, you know, and it was immediately, we, we were just like gushing about how great it was. The, I mean, first of all, it's just great on the surface, just as a movie, because Tarantino just makes these lush, amazing, immersive films with all of this meticulous attention to detail. And I, you know, I love the fact in that movie that, I mean, partially just because I'm such a, a nerd for this kind of stuff, but I love how as the storyline is progressing, you constantly hear the sound of uh, the radio station KHJ in the background, 
all of these vintage recordings of Los Angeles radio. And as people are getting out of the car and going into a store and coming back out and getting into somebody else's car and the radio is this constant soundtrack in the background, because mm-hmm. I think that's how it was back then when everybody, there were fewer choices and all of that. And it was, it really gives you a sense of time and place. But I mean, of course, and I won't, I guess I won't spoil anything here, but I mean, the, the finale of mm-hmm. that movie about which I will not go into any more detail. Yeah. The finale of that movie was so, it was so great and unexpected, but it was also so unbelievably cathartic because the whole time, I mean, if you just grow up in this culture, I mean, that's one of the things that, whoa. Did, uh, you, did the, you hear uh, that, that? Yes. Yeah, someone it like. It was a truck outside. Oh, okay. It was yeah. someone like speeding down the road. That was weird. There's also random children screaming in my neighborhood that I've never heard before. Yeah, so. and it's true. And you That's can't tell if they're, being, if they're playing or like being murdered, but you're not really yeah, going to go know. out and check. So you just kind of, it's unanswered. <laughs> I, anyway, yeah, no, it was a great movie because, I mean, you, you grew up, you know, one of, you grew up in this culture and you grew up learning about, you know, a lot of things, just even if you don't even remember how you learned about them. And the Charles Manson thing is totally one of those. You know, anybody who's grown up in America in the last 50 years. Just you sort of know that it's just in the culture, like mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, like the phrase helter skelter is just freighted with all this meaning. And and so um, Wesley Morris, who's a, a the film critic for The New York Times, one of them, he said the, he said this really brilliant thing about about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And again, I'll be sort of circumspect here. But he talked about how, in a way, the way that movie sort of unfolds, it's like. Tarantino is sort of um, leveraging our own prurient nature against us. He said, because whether we whether we said this out loud or not, or even whether we were aware of this consciously, it's like going into that movie mm. on some level in your brain. Part of you is part of you is sort of guiltily and kind of darkly excited to see how Quentin Tarantino will show the Manson killings. That's the thing. That's like part of you, even if you feel gross feeling that part of you has this weird dark sort of anticipatory thrill of like these notorious murders and then this guy who makes these stylized violent films oh my god i can't wait to see how quentin tarantino is going to show all of this you know mayhem in the hollywood hills and this creeping dread throughout the movie and the way that it resolves is just i, I don't know it's in a we it, it was it was really just one of the most astonishing like breathtaking moments i think i've ever had in a in a theater because I was clearly in a theater full of people who had no idea what the fuck was coming. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was really, uh, it was really quite something. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I enjoyed that movie, but yeah, it's that same thing. I didn't even think about that. Like even down at the base level, you're like, that's true. All right. Yeah. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to say anything more about what actually happened, but I mean, we all know what happened. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm also going to read that book too after I finish my Sue Grafton novel. I mean, I I should I should say as a as a just a prelude to the or as a whatever a preface a caveat a word like that um, about that book Chaos that it's I mean it is a granular book meaning that like you know he does he does get into a lot of detail about certain things because it's you know um, because it's just because he spent 20 years writing it or whatever and I think he said the original the original draft of the book was something like 3,000 pages or something so. it is, uh, I mean, he says at the outset, that it's not like he somehow, like, solved it or found, like, the truth or whatever. It's just that uh, it really is just that he just discovered that, you know, any number of things that we all grew up hearing about that case, you know. Again, it goes back to the moon landing thing of, like, it's just because, like, some guy from the DA's office got on television and said it. And so we all went, 
sounds plausible. Look right. at it. He's a hippie. So anyway. Well, we were talking before, since I'm, I'm going to completely shift gears here. So right before we brought you on, I had mentioned to you that I had eaten too many tater tots. And then yes. Rick, when I said that, Rick is like, we're always on the same page because Rick, um, as he always does, has his list. And he said that he had something written on his list about the ta- about tater tots in general at some point. So I'm curious as to how your tater tots tie into my tater tots. Uh, so I just wrote this down uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Um, let's see. Uh, because uh, just it? side note, um, Greg's roommate got an air fryer, so we've been air frying stuff in it. Yeah. Oh That's my air fryer. Oh, it is. Rick, it's, it's a going game to change your life. So it's, it's uh, going to change your life. It's basically like a mini, and I had to find this out too, and and I had to ask people who know what they're doing. But it's like a mini convection oven, but you put it in there, and it just makes everything better. Like, and it can be like fish sticks and, and tater tots. This afternoon, which is what for Sarah example, made. I made fish sticks and tater tots in this air fryer. The uh, last week, I made corn dogs. I can't even tell you, Rick. It's like it's magic. You like, pull out the tray thing, and then you put the food in there, and then you wait like less than ten minutes, and then it's perfectly cooked. Yeah, it's because it cooks it on like all sides, and so there's no grease, there's no oil. You don't put anything in it. It just like superheats it. Interesting. And it's okay. just tastes it, you know, better. I'm a big fan of my toaster oven, and my toaster oven has this convection setting, and I never know if it works or not. So it sounds like this is maybe some super advanced version of that. So Yes, I think right. so. Excellent. It's pretty magical. You can make, like, we were talking to um, a couple friends about it last week, and, like, you can make anything from, like, vegetables to, you know, macaroni and cheese balls to anything that you want inside of this magical machine. So anyway, so I took the magic today, and I made... Fish sticks and tater tots because I'm an adult woman and sure. they are delicious. I can I just tell you that I had like not one but actually two boxes of like day glow macaroni and cheese today. So no, you didn't. You told me that you I stopped did. eating macaroni and cheese. You're, you're eating it again. I never said that. When did I say that was a filthy lie? If I said that, that you, was, okay. I was you filthy just... lied to me then because I was just like, Rick, how do you like keep up keep off all this weight? And you're like, oh well, you know I've stopped eating macaroni and cheese, but you did eat macaroni and cheese. Does that mean? Oh I well, no, I did. I mean, I didn't. I didn't like swear off it forever or whatever. But, but just um, not as much. No, yeah, because there was this point when I was like, I just weighed like way more than I wanted to, and no, and I so I quit doing that. I quit eating macaroni and cheese. I and uh that might you know and like breakfast cereal was another sort of weakness of mine, like where I would just eat that for every meal if it was around. So, no, that was – I did have to scale it back because I had sort of a problem with, yeah. with Mac. Wait, what, bre- um, uh, what breakfast cereal, like, real quick, did you eat? Uh, I'm a – like, I, like I'm a, re- a big fan of um, – I mean, it's like shitty granola. It's like – because with granola, like, you can lie to yourself and be like, it's granola. It's basically whole right. food. But, of yeah. course, you know, it's just like some thing from Quaker that's just like – it's just held together with just honey and sugar and, like, more sugar and then brown sugar and then there's like a sliver of almonds occasionally and they're just yeah. season. But you, I mean, it's totally not granola the way that hippies intended us to have it. Um, and, you know, and so I would just shovel. And if that's like, I have no self-control with stop licking the couch. Don't be weird. <laughs> Sorry. Just don't even uh, give it any context. Yep. Nope. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my dog. Is it, it finally just does this thing where he just like he'll find like fabric that he likes the texture of somehow. And, he, and it'll be like it'll be like the arm of the couch or the back of the couch or it'll just be like the bottom of the curtain and he'll just sit there and just lick it for like twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, just, there's no. Well, he does that. I have no idea why. I think it must. It's like he's on ecstasy or something, where everything is just like <laughs> has the most amazing you know fabric feel to it. No, I just wrote this down about tater tots a couple days ago. No idea why. It just popped into my head. I wrote down what is the generic term for tater tots because tater tots is a trademark. 
is it? Right. But yeah. It, so it, what is the generic term for tater tots? Was it Orida that came up with it? That came uh, up with, probably. That sounds, that sounds right. A generic term I think term that's for the brand tots. of tater tots that I bought today. Potato barrels? I don't know. Yeah, what would potato you call Potato bites? It? No. No. Toasted potato bites? I don't know. I mean, there's got to be an answer. What but would be I, like I a universal description that, yeah, that somebody would... I mean, because they're basically hash browns, but they're instead of like, for some reason... They've just been separated from because there are like breakfast. Well, hash it's like a browns. hash brown and a fry, though. But they're pretty but much I mean, hash you, browns. But if you ask anybody, like if you went to the average third grader and asked them, this is another thing you learn about Charles Manson and you learn about tater tots. If you ask the average like nine year old to tell you, like to describe the shape of and the appearance of a tater tot, they could all do it and they would all be the same because there's there's a specific look and a specific, you know, sort yeah. of. You know, shade and a specific sort of like curve to it. We all know because it's not like they're a stick and it's not like they're a ball. There's something they're like a barrel, like you said. And so, but like potato barrels is sort of weird. So that's that's probably not correct. Yeah, because that so makes I, me think of root beer barrels. And then I yeah, I have no, yeah. It's because like description, descriptive terms are like that's that's really where all the you know. Because I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how. I'm just a jackass sometimes. I just hear myself just babbling, you know, just the – but I, I had this whole thing, this whole chain of thought that went from tater tots to – because I was thinking about Donald Trump, as one does, and how, you know, there was this whole thing where we kept describing him as a reality show host or whatever during the election of 2016. It's like, right. well, he can't elect a reality show host. And I was thinking, well, that was totally the wrong – I mean, logist – I mean, like, uh, tactically speaking, Democrats are great at sort of fucking up. And so tactically speaking, that was the wrong way to frame – Donald Trump. Instead of calling him a reality show host, they should have called him a game show host. Because voting for a game show host for president is a lot less enticing than voting for a reality TV star. You know? So if somebody called him like, we're not going to, you know, so do you want to vote for a game show host for president? I think that might have given some people pause just because it's how it's described. Think about this. I was thinking about um, I was thinking about fanny packs the other day and so much as I'm like not a fan of fanny packs, people use them or whatever, but I was thinking about how much less enticing a product that would make if you just tweaked the word slightly. So instead of fanny pack, if it was butt bag. <laughs> right? See? So with this fanny pack, actually, this, is, this has been a discussion here on the show that we've had because I kind of agree with you on this. Sarah, however, is part of this fanny pack revolution where she's... Rick, I wear one every day. Every like day. Like almost... All the time you have one on. Uh, almost all the like, time. Do you have one on right now? I have it sitting right next to me. She has Rick, embraced my, this culture. I have my fanny pack right next to me. Um, you, you even have like different ones. I do. This is my fashion. This is, well, this is my um, less casual one. So this is like my dress, my dress fanny pack a bit. If you will, it's very, it's so convenient because I can put my I phone in. I, here, yeah. Here's the thing. Is that I'm totally not judging because. I, I recognize that really in this in this whole discussion about fanny packs, which is a culture wide thing, I recognize that Sarah is on the side of right here. Like, it, in other words, that they are massively useful, totally functional. They they fill a need. I realize that I'm being like the sort of um, you know seat snob because I just can't bring myself to wear them because I'm worried of what people will think about me. So I yeah. totally realize that I'm like in the wrong in this in this whole thing. I can't bring myself to do it, but I know that I should because there's nothing wrong with it and they're totally useful. Because Rick, but- I think that now's the time to experiment because when you are going out in public, <laughs> your half of your face is covered anyway, so nobody can even recognize you. So why don't you just wear it for <laughs> you and see how it feels? Without you know, wonder, having that's the judgment. An interesting thing. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting point. I wonder how many people are taking advantage of this like masked up period right now 
to like what it's like that scene in et when it's halloween and that's the only night he can really go out without people going oh my god alien yeah and so i wonder if right now people are like i've always wanted to go out you know in a pink taffeta dress today's the day because like who's gonna know really mm-hmm. although well, you know i mean if greg's recognition of me at safeway is any indication everybody <laughs> but, i mean whatever rick the funniest yeah. thing i've noticed uh, uh oh go ahead no i was gonna say along the lines of the fanny pack though as much as i'm making fun of that i love cargo shorts like I think cargo shorts are great. You can put so yeah. many different treasures in there and things, and I yet I don't wear them because I feel like it's socially unacceptable or something. Oh no! See, I totally of. wear cargo shorts. I have like I I have two like pair of black cargo shorts that I wear. Like if like I'm not like a big guy for wearing shorts, but when I do, or if I'm going to be like biking somewhere, I will totally wear those. And I see I didn't know that there was social shame associated with those. I thought that that was I thought they were totally okay. I didn't know that they've been ruled dorky. Well, by Sarah anyway. Sarah's oh, Sarah's oh. who I see the most when it comes to like fashion oh, stuff. What oh, was that funny joke you about have cargo most certainly shorts? I made said, fun of me for cargo shorts I said before. You, I can't remember. Um, oh, it was this. It was a meme where it was just like a guy in cargo shorts that says like "cool cargo shorts." Said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, I I mean, I think also I've passed a certain point where it's like I, you know, it it's, you know, when you I can't speak for women on this, but I mean really like I can speak for men when it's like you reach a certain point where like 90% of the women you encounter call you sir and it's not like in a hot like respectful, you know, what like 50 shades of gray way. It's sort of like a, ooh, you remind me of my dad way. And so whatever. Like, oh what yeah. I mean, I mean, I I changed from miss to ma'am at some point and I don't know. I, mean, I don't at, know what happened. At, I mean, along those lines, at a certain point, who cares? We talked about at the beginning of the show, I started talking about how I wore a tank top yesterday, and I'm like, I think I'm going to start wearing tank tops because I just don't care anymore. I'm going to do that. Like that's what, For some reason, I haven't really for a long time. So tank tops and cargo shorts, like, what do I care? No, this was the what cargo care shorts right one. This is one. I'm sorry, I found the meme I was talking about. It's a quote, and it's just a guy with cargo shorts. I'm sorry, I just, this is very funny. It says, don't worry, I'll hold your stuff. You just worry about making friends. (laughs) (laughs) Dash cargo shorts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's going on this show. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack. Where where were we at? I I honestly have no idea. We somehow got onto tater tots and then. Oh, uh, being able to wear masks, wearing masks in public. Now you can try out different things. Yeah, I mean, and also, uh, uh, my computer keeps throwing up this weird uh, message on my screen. Sorry. Um, the uh, I had something I was gonna, I had something I was gonna get to, but mm, wait, nope, now it's gone. Rick, how do you feel about Greg's uh, a move into a tank top Jeep owner summer? Because this is what we we're talking about at the beginning. He's he's going to start investing more in the tank top life culture. Wait, tank top what summer? Uh, so he, so do you know that he bought a Jeep? I, I did not know that. I got a Jeep. Oh, yeah. yeah. You talk about, why am I talking about your Jeep? You tell me. Well, no, Jeep. I mean, it's just that it's something, because my, my truck's basically on its last leg. And Okay, yeah, I was wondering if that was like instead of the truck or in addition to the truck. Well, I still have the truck because I, I got it right before um, all this happened. So it turns out it's really hard to sell anything right now. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> also a terrible time to buy something and get a car payment. Uh, well, and also, stuff. like, I mean, you know, can I just, I mean, this is like a strain. I mean, it's a bad time for everybody, but it's like, it's especially bad because all the things that people would normally do right now to make extra money, you know, yard sale, garage sale, Craigslist, prostitution, all off the yeah. table. Like, there's just no, like, there's, you know, the, the, those avenues have been closed, at least for the time being. I will say that when I was a teenager, um, uh, my family, we had a Jeep, and I was a big, I mean, I'm not really a Jeep guy. I recognize that. But I will say, 
you know, I have actually considered, especially when I lived in Utah, I considered getting one because it snows a lot there. Because uh-huh. there is, I mean, there's a there are a lot of downsides to having a Jeep, especially depending on what kind you get. But right. I mean, there are certain times of year or or contexts where having a Jeep was awesome. Um, although, I will say that the only the only two like serious accidents I've ever been in were both in a Jeep. <laughs> I mean, one was when I was learning to drive, and I I think I've told the story, but when I was learning to drive, and I was like. My dad was like, okay, now we're gonna go like fill it up with gas or whatever. And, and it, was, it was like a manual transmission. And it was like the first day I was driving it. So I don't know what he was thinking, but I was like pulling up to the gas pump and I'm like slowly letting off the gas, slowly letting off the gas or the, the, the clutch. And then I and then I just like let off the, and then anyway, the, the Jeep just like hit the gas pump and full on like wrenched it out of the ground. Oh God. <laughs> and so a guy comes running out of the store to hit that big like red shut off button. And I'm just picturing some weird diehard thing where the whole gas station blows into orbit with me in it. And uh, and I actually rolled the Jeep at one point. I actually completely rolled it over. Wow. Uh, which is a thing that I don't think anybody in my family knows. I don't think I ever really told anybody that. Oh um, man. I was uh, I was on this backcountry like road like outside of Richland, Washington at one point, and it was a I was driving along probably too fast at night by myself, and it was the Jeep that had like the shitty sort of plastic top, so it was just basically just like saran wrap, and a bunch of dust just blew right into my eyes, and I was trying to pull over quickly to sort of you know, you know like minimize the the velocity at which the dust was going to abrade my eyeballs, and I just. And of course, Jeeps, like, you know, they have no turning radius whatsoever. And so I just literally rolled it right off the road into a ditch. And I mean, it all ended up fine because I ended up right side up. And I was able, that's the other great thing about Jeeps. As long as you land right side up, you're fine. It was like four wheel drive, got out and drive. And I mean, I should have been terrified. But of course, I was like 16 or whatever. And so I had no sense of my own mortality. And I was like, well, all right. Didn't get caught. Keep on getting yeah. where I'm going. Like, I, you know, and so... Anyway, so but that notwithstanding, Jeeps are kind of awesome. Huh. Now, I, now I'm worried I'm going to roll it, but oh, oh you'll be fine. No, but Greg um, is also like really embracing the Jeep culture because Rick, I don't know if you know. No, I'm not embracing. I'm I'm curious about it because our friend Bozik has one, and he's kind of been educating me on some are of this you stuff. Tell Rick about the Jeep wave. The Jeep wave, yeah, that's a thing. It know, is hilarious. It is the. So there's I don't a mean thing. Get, like people get okay, really, I didn't know like, about this. I didn't know about this beforehand. And so I'm just learning about all this stuff. But you know how like when somebody's riding a motorcycle, they do the little like hand, the hand, the hand down lowers thing, like, and they do a little. Wait, they do what? So when people are on motorcycles, you'll notice it now if you've never seen it before. But they'll, oh, is this where they salute each other? Yeah, they yeah. like lower their hand yeah. and like do a little salute. There's yeah. a thing called the Jeep wave, which uh-huh. is the dorkiest thing that is I'm sorry. i've ever heard and you know what whenever and, when i said that it was dorky on the show i got uh emails from like some of our jeep listeners who were i think pissed at me because i'm like <laughs> it's hilarious like i'm don't be mad at me because it is so dumb and so fun for you that you get to have like this little club that right. you do because right. basically it's a it's a like a, a two-finger salute that they give to each other rick when they drive by each other and okay, so yeah. what you have to now you have to act it out for us, Greg. You have to show us. What. So I've been in the passenger happened, seat with this. Then, it's and I, so embarrassing. And I, <laughs> so I, I like Bozik had told me about it, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I've ever noticed that before, but that's that's weird. And it happened maybe like the second day that I had it, where you're riding along. So what happens is, hold on, I have to ask you this. Yes. Did did you learn this organically? 
or did like someone take you into a room and did you have to recite an oath and then they taught you the secret like you know signal like how did you learn it Bo- Bozik kind of told me about it so he he kind of gave me the like uh beginner's course on owning a jeep since he owns one uh-huh. and so you drive along and if you notice somebody driving the opposite direction who has the jeep you look over at them and what they'll do is they'll have their hands on the steering wheel and I didn't know exactly how it would go down at first. And what they do is they raise two fingers. So they're driving and they'll be like... And they do a little, like one of those, and acknowledge that, uh, hey, yeah, you've got a Jeep Jeep. too. And then that's that's what it is. And then you drive off. It's the Jeep wave. I, I don't... I have firsthand I, Saying this out loud is it one is, of the worst things I think I've ever done. It is so... Like, I could not stop laughing when I first saw it. I'm like, holy shit, this is real. I mean, so my thing is, like, where does that originally... So when I don't from, know. Just like, so the biker thing. So when I was growing up, um, one of my older siblings, my older brother Dave, was... Um, he's, you know, reformed his life substantially since I was a kid. But he he was a bit of a ne'er-do-well when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was, like, a member of some... I'm such a I'm such a dorky white guy. I was about to say a biking league, because I because <laughs> I didn't want to say gang or whatever because I don't think it was like a real gang. He oh, was, like a club? It wasn't like some Sons of Anarchy thing, but it was like yeah. all yeah. the dudes he hung around with had names like Hacksaw and Hooter and you know whatever, and they all just you know and I mean you know what I'm saying they were all just with like scraggly beards and just like weird like you know like the leather vests and the whatever, and even as a little kid I remember noticing that whenever I was around Dave and one of his friends would show up. They would do what Hunter Thompson calls uh, the revolutionary drug brothers hand grip, which is where what? they do it. It's where you it's where you shake the hand and then you do this and then you do like the third thing. There's the third thing that changes from group to group, but it's the straight shake and then like the, that shake. And then you do some other thing that's like particular to your, you know, your your coven or whatever. <laughs> your um, coven? Oh, my God. Is that where you. Uh, there was a stoner guy in high school that used to always do that, where you shake the hand and then you touch thumbs, you wrap the rest of your fingers up like you're grabbing a joint and then pull it back right. like you are smoking it. That's what he would do. And and I yeah. think a lot of that like owes like so the biking thing I must understand because I think at least in the fifties and the at least in the forties and fifties, like after World War Two, when that culture sort of took off, I think there was a strong crossover between bikers and military ex-military guys and to some degree um uh, i don't want to say i mean people who lived on the outskirts of the law so prison and so i think there was a lot of like that behavior that leached into the culture so i kind of understand where that came from a little bit my thing with the jeep salute or whatever it is is that that's i just i'm fascinated by i'm fascinated by by the origins of things and like who was the first guy to do that and like how did it because it you know it was a guy there was it was that was that was absolutely a thing that some guy did and he, you know and so then how did it spread and who like that's i am i am fascinated by the sort of uh you, you know the etymology of things like that i'm gonna have to look up and see what the history is yeah because yeah, i never actually thought actually, about that yeah that's fascinating cheap wave and yeah wave. weird i mean there's a bunch of sites that don't make any they're like made up histories i, I don't need to do this on real time but yeah it's weird well you know because i've seen um actually and now, now i'm wondering who else does that because i mean cops obviously do that i mean that's a thing that i've i've seen where what do cops, they do what's their wave um i don't know i don't know what it is in particular but i mean they you know but cops 
they always acknowledge each other. Bus drivers do it too. I've seen bus drivers, if one bus, like a like just a regular public, like TriMet bus, they pass another one, you know, they usually just give each other like a small wave of acknowledgement. So it's strange how those things develop actually, that there is, I mean, not to get all like up my own ass about philosophy, but I mean, <laughs> it does show you like how humans are just like such an inherently, you know, we're such an inherently tribal species in so many ways that we just, even without realizing it, we just define ourselves, we splinter ourselves into these weird little subgroups um and so that's a uh although it's perfect by the way that it's bozik that's showing you this that's right. a, like that's a, like a because i mean let's just be honest i mean no offense to bozik i'm sure he'd be happy to hear this actually you know if that guy was just like a little more tatted up or just like stopped bathing for a while <laughs> you could totally see him slotted into any of the groups i just mentioned felon <laughs> military guy <laughs> Member of the straight Satans. I mean, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I know he's, totally, you know, he's so much yeah. nicer than like he actually looks. I mean, he looks terrifying. If you oh, don't no, you know see him. him, he looks like a guy who like is a bouncer during the week and then like moonlights in a Slayer cover. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but he's the coolest guy. He's, I mean, he's going like, to so, love you know. that, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Why did it sound like there was a child? Uh, that's my that's my roommate. It's okay. It's he's talking Why to the dog. Why did it sound like oh. there was a child in there? That's my roommate. <laughs> when he he's talking to his dog. We've all gone a little ape shit here. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's, he's got like, a dog I mean, voice I, where it does sound like if you don't know it's him, uh, it does sound like a child. I've, I, I'm I'm accustomed to it, so I'm that used really to it. caught me off guard. Okay. Okay. So the dog's not telling him that the dog's not telling him to kill anybody. Right? Not, not that I know of yet. I, mean, I don't. Know. I mean, I guess we'll find I mean, out. Yeah. I don't know how much longer this is going to last. So. If, uh... I, well, so that oh, so that I have a question. That that was a question for you guys. So I uh, so I I saw like the cover, the front page of the Oregonian or something the other day, and it was I I guess I should have looked this up or whatever, but it was said something that. What is the deal with the reopening, the alleged reopening of Portland? So I, I imagine we're doing it this, like in reverse of how the shutdown happened, where it's going to be tiny gatherings, somewhat small, larger gatherings, somewhat larger gatherings or whatever. But it's so it starts May 15th with, I guess, dentists or whoever. What is like the end? I know the start date. Like when when is it when is it done all the way the, the reopening? Greg, you I, I don't know think better than me. Anybody knows. Like yeah. there's there's phases you have to go through. So it's like the so it's whole like four state's phases, I think. Well, the whole state's divided up into different regions and the region we're in for Multnomah County and like Clackamas County, I think it goes all the way to like Tillamook or something. Um, we're probably going to be last because there's so many people and you have to meet all these like stipulations to have things in place. Well, and so, I, have, I have hairdresser like, oh, friends that are like being told that they might have to go back to work, but they have to have like all throw away like smocks and all kinds of crap. Yeah, and there's certain things where, yeah, like de- like uh, dentist appointments and doctor appointments, I think, that are non-essential can start back up. But then there's certain stipulations for like certain retail places where they can have people, but they have to require masks, and then they have to have have it be people able to maintain social distancing. So like the thing is, I don't think it's going to be, a, it's going to be a long time. Cause she did say that and it changes constantly, but she did say something about how like large gatherings, like concerts or athletic events or, or big, big things like that won't be happening until there's a vaccine essentially. So, which is that's like 2022 or something. Yeah. I, I, and so I feel like that's going to change at some point, some kind of regulation will come in as far as like, it'll be, maybe it'll be like, you know, quarter capacity or something so you can space everybody out but i don't think you can really put that stuff off for two more years and i know a lot of people who have been able to reopen in uh, different states and such um are some of them are even choosing to 
close again because they're having to deal with so many rude fucking people coming in and being pissed that they're having to adhere to these guidelines because people right. are selfish and then people that, and then the people who are running the store don't want to face the consequences of these people being irresponsible so they're choosing to just reshut down right well that and that's the thing right because people because because meddling scientists keep telling us you know facts and so it's and you know and and so there's like because that was the thing at the the shooting of the guard or whatever at the Walmart or something that happened because it was you know the guy yeah. was you know he said a word I didn't understand and just you know suddenly was all like up, you know and just like shit just exploded so that was yeah that was the thing I was wondering about because I well see now I've turned this sort of like I've turned this unexpectedly grim but I was going to ask because it's like the because you know what somebody needs to invent not even needs to invent maybe this already exists. When I was a boy, when I was growing up, uh, working in this in the in the field of terrestrial broadcast, um, <laughs> there used to be, like every radio station in every small hick town would have like some tradio show, and the deal with like tradio was that somebody would call up and it would be like, uh, I got like a green uh, couch that I don't want anymore, uh, but what I do need is a shower curtain. So if anybody's got a good shower curtain, maybe with a daisy print on it, you can have my green couch. And then like the host would like say, okay, Chet, hold on. And then he would like get Chet's number. And then somebody else would call up and go, I got a shower curtain, but it's 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 more of a calla lily pattern, uh, not so much daisies, uh, but I need a couch. And then like they match make that and then couch and then shower curtain and whatever. And so I was thinking, Somebody needs to be doing that in Portland right now because I've got these dogs that are just going to seed on me. And I'm not fool enough to think I can cut their hair. And so I like my thing is I'm trying to find ideally trying to find the the woman who groomed them before because her store is closed right now and her voicemail is full. So there's no tracking her down. And hey, give me your you name. Know, I can find anybody on the internet. Uh, I um I don't have her name written down. It was like a really common name. It was, you know, it was a little like Cindy Jones or something. But it's um uh. I don't know if I want to give the name of her business. Oh yeah, not, no, not here. Right. I'm saying like email it to me and I can help you find yeah, okay. her because I'm, I'm so really good at that. So it's like, I feel like trying, like I want to find her and be like, uh, not that I'm offering you tax-free income, but if you'd like a little, you know, like a little cash to uh, groom my dogs. But so I think there's a lot of people right now. There's a lot of people out of work and then there's a lot of people who need stuff done. And it's like, I just don't know the best mechanism. If there even is a mechanism right now to sort of match those people. It seems like that should exist. Yeah. Yeah, it would all depend on because the other part is you know the social distancing thing, like how close are you to somebody. But I mean, when it comes to a, the dog side, that'd be perfect. Now, Rick, really quick, like, do you, did you bring the dogs to be groomed, or did you bring the, or did the groomer come to your house? Uh, when I would do it before, I would just drop them off at the at the place or whatever. But oh. but so that's so that's why I'm thinking like I would start with the woman who's groomed my dogs for like two years at her shop because. She knows me. I know her. I mean, not, you know, not a lot, but I mean, we sort of right. know each other, whatever. And my thing is, and so my thing is like, I would be fine if there was a park or someplace between, like, I would have no problem going and like handing the dogs off or whatever. Like, here, here's one end of the leash, you know, and then like, I, then like she calls me and then we do the, and then when they're done, we meet again and I, you know, whatever I pay her, I toss her the, this sounds like a drug deal. I toss her the money and she like gives me the dogs back or whatever. I mean, this is like a niche example that is only serving my admittedly very white suburban needs. But I mean, I'm just saying like, there's a lot of people out there sitting around with skills that right. maybe they could do. I mean, I, I, I mean, cause my thing is like, literally like, is no one cutting their hair? Like, is is everybody just like fuck it and just like turning into like the Neanderthal? Like, I just, I mean, that's gotta give at some point. I mean, you have a camera, right? You can see what Greg's hair looks like. Yeah, uh, the camera's probably not that good, but that's aiming towards him. But yeah, I'm basically growing a mullet. Yeah, Greg has. I pretty much have a mullet, and I <laughs> not intentional, but that's that's what's happening. 
Hey, here's a side note. So do you remember that um, it was, boy, time flies and I'm old. Uh, I think it was at your fifth anniversary party, possibly. Um, when, what party was it where you played the uh, the video that was all about the staying in the house with the ghost and the... Oh, oh uh, yeah, I think that was that. Yeah, I, I think, think that, that was, was Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that was a long time ago. Um, wow, but, yeah, uh, weird. Okay, so I don't know. I'm assuming that video still is around somewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was uh, uh, standing with our friends uh, Lisa and Brian, um, and... Um, and we were watching that video uh, when it was playing. And here's the thing. There's a moment in that video where our friend Greg Nibbler looks exactly, looks exactly like a young Kevin Klein. I mean, so much so that it was Weird. sort of astonished. Wow. I, I, I mean, huh. I, I didn't have a copy of it. But if you go back and watch that video, there's this moment because I leaned forward and I was just like, how much does Greg look like a young Kevin Klein right now? And they both immediately were like, oh, it's, you know, so it's just, I'm saying that's a, I'm saying, you know, it's, you, it's a, you're a, you're a, you're a man of many faces, Greg. Wait, so you're, huh, you're interesting. Kevin Klein a la like Dave and uh, that's uh, Kevin Klein, right? Yeah, but, but, uh, but probably even younger. In other words, I would imagine it's what it's, I would imagine it's what he looked like when he was in his mid to late twenties, maybe. Because um, okay. Greg, the ever youthful spry looking man um yeah because but it that, was, uh, that reminded me of our conversation last week with like the kevin costner and the you know all the totally. different ones and like yeah. kevin klein is another one of those huh yeah well i'll take that that's yeah yeah kevin klein's I'm, a very I'm, handsome i'm man. very good with that no, no, yeah Lisa, I'm, I'm yeah no i think that's a i think that's a fine that's a fine person to yeah. look like you know yeah i mean i just you know i just have this like richard belzer thing happening so it's you know it's you know kevin <laughs> klein is you know I told yeah, i remember i told you when i saw him when i was in new york well yeah duck because we were still working together like 15 years ago Saw him on the street when we were on uh, when we I, were in a cab. Uh, yeah, that was true. Kevin Klein or Richard Belzer. Richard Belzer. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I was telling him, like, I'm like Heather, holy shit, that's Richard Belzer. And then like, first <laughs> driving by, it was very <laughs> random. During this whole pandemic, do you find yourself just wondering, like, randomly, like, I wonder what so and so is doing right now? And you just wonder, and it's like some, not a huge celebrity, but it's like some mid-level celebrity. And you just find yourself wondering, like, what is Andrew Dice Clay doing, like, right now, today, or whatever? Just like, you know, or like John Lovitz. It's like, what is, like, what is, you know, where yeah. is John Lovitz at this moment? Where is John Lovitz? Yeah. What are they up to? Well, I heard that Rick Emerson was on uh, AM Northwest this morning with his two fuzzy buddies. That is true. I think, uh, yes. Uh, so, so the last, so like last month or whatever, when I did my last AM Northwest thing, I was, I think we've talked about this, that I was like, before I was in my office and there's that big hatchet on the wall behind me, oh, which is a thing that I'm just used to. Like, I don't even notice it anymore. Like, I'm just doing this live shot in front of a part of a small axe on the wall. But I think that, um, I think that perhaps they were, they were uh, concerned that maybe some members of their audience might be unnerved. And, you know, by not understanding the context of the hatchet on the wall behind me, like they would think that I was just, you know. You know, like local author and apparent you know, violent survivalist Rick Emerson in his <laughs> office. So so I'm like in my living room now. So I've just because it's the only place I took this poster that I've got off the wall. But and so it's the only big, large blank wall in my in my house. Um, but of course, that also means that now I'm in immediate proximity to the dogs. So, yeah, so they they spend a lot of the time jumping up on uh, on my lap and attempting to my glasses. What's the man doing? What is he doing right now? Why isn't exactly. he petting us? <laughs> well, because I must do something. My voice must change somehow when I'm talking to another actual person, by which I mean so sometimes I talk out loud to myself at home or if I'm writing something, I'll sometimes I'll say it out loud to see how it sounds, mm-hmm. and they don't register that at all. As soon as I'm on the phone with somebody and apparently I'm now, I'm incapable of talking about the phone without doing this, uh, as soon as I'm on the phone with somebody or actually speaking to another person, 
that's when they they start to they go berserk. So I must there must be some inflection in my voice that where they they then are cued to know that another person like they're like, oh, that's the voice he uses when another person is here. Let's start running around like idiots, you know. And so, <laughs> so yeah. So so that's I think just going to be like a an ongoing an ongoing thing. Awesome. Weird. Well, Rick, we are so glad that you could join us yet again. And even if yeah, even if you don't hear from us, just know that we love to speak to you each and every Monday, even if we're ding dongs and are running behind. So yeah, no, it, I, that was my yeah, only sorry. thing. Like yeah, yeah, my only thing was somehow just thinking that people would be out of uh, out of town, but this is not really uh not really out of town time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Not really. Not really. Yeah. But yeah. it was lovely talking to you. Yes. As just, I'll leave you with this thought. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, I had like 900 things we didn't get to. Oh, just real quickly, because I'm trying to get rid of these one at a time. Yes. Uh, speaking of businesses. Um, so there, there ought to be uh, a, a lawn trimming or like a landscaping service called Hedge Lords. Is Edge Lords, Hedge Lords, yes. whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, that was good. Uh, I wrote this thing down. Oh, R.I.P. Little Richard. Uh, yes. Also, don't you suspect that right now, wherever he is at this moment, speaking of that, right now at this moment, don't you suspect that Roger Waters is working on some giant multimedia worldwide spectacle that he's going to create that is somehow tied to the pandemic and it's going to be some somehow like, you know, I would imagine because he said basically he doesn't plan on touring again, mm-hmm. but doesn't it seem like given that guy's scale and scope of ambition and his love of giant multimedia events that Roger Waters is working on some giant simulcast that will encompass the entire world via satellite and it'll be the big like uniting humanity spectacle to end all spectacles that'll be broadcast to every nation at the same time. Oh. I feel like he's working on that right now. That, that is, would be cool. I love that thought. I like to think that that's a good thought. Oh, that yeah. would be fucking amazing. And I mean, I was thinking about it actually last night, and then I actually had to stop thinking about it because because even like just for like half a second, I was picturing Roger Waters on this global, you know, this global simulcast hookup singing uh, Wish You Were Here, and it was like it threw a circuit breaker in my brain, and my brain's like, nope, can't handle it, not now. Stop, I can't either, that's too magnificent. Yeah. Oh my God. So anyway, so I hope he's, you know, if he's not working on it, let's hop to it. Yeah, pick get, it up. Get to it, Roger Waters. Yeah. You haven't contributed enough. We need more. We need more. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go out. How do I? You have to show me how I do it. I'm going to try to go out like the, you know, the cheap style. It's a, this? Is it? Oh, yes. I, no, it's with the two fingers. The, t- the like two fingers. Yes. Hand, two like fingers? a peace sign yes, almost. Kind of like, like, kind of like a peace sign, only the, yeah. the fingers are held. Yeah, like that. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm um, going to start doing that in my I Ford just... Focus. And I'm gonna, I've I'm done that in my Honda. I'm just like, I'll do it. People will be like, yeah, screw you, Jeep. You think you own that? You don't own that. We should, we should, everybody, everybody who drives, that's everybody who drives like a Festiva <laughs> should start doing that tomorrow and just see, you know. A hundred percent. Just take it. Shake it all yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just to keep things interesting. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rick. All right. Rick Go. Emerson, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Fun Employment Radio. Bye, friends. And Rick, send me the info if you want me to find her and get your dog's cat. Okay, bye. I will. Okay. All right. <laughs> bye. bye. I mean, I'm not kidding. I can find pretty much anybody on the internet. No, I know you can't.